Suzanne Bonamici represents the United States House 1st District, stretches from the west side of Portland to the coast down to the Amhill County. Suzanne Bonamici has been representing that district since 2012, now running for her fifth term in office. Welcome, Representative. Thank you so much, Jefferson. So great to be on your show again, and it was nice to listen to you and your dad. Hi, Joe. I missed his uh, discussion about the possible VP candidates, though, because I could only hear you, so now I'm really curious. Well, thank we you, will... Jefferson, for having me on. Thank you so much for being here. We will return to it. Do you have any impression on the vice presidential candidates? Any single one of them would be um, a significant improvement over what we have right now. And I, I, all of them, some of them I know personally, for example, Val Demings is a wonderful colleague. Uh, of course, uh, the senators are all very qualified. I did serve with Tammy Duckworth in the House before she went to the Senate. They are all um, very qualified women, and I would be thrilled to have any of them. The one who you mentioned first who wasn't on the CNN list is the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, who is, is a great has a great social media presence if you haven't uh, followed her absolutely follow laura lightfoot and her and her pretty historic election in chicago what what are some of the political dynamics that you're hearing in congress do, do y'all get called about or by potential vice presidential uh, nominees in the hopes that they'll do sort of a bank shot hey talk to so-and-so about such and which so that such and which can get a point of the to the vice presidency or the vice presidential vice presidential nomination or do pretty much people stay out of your grill on that well not yet although i expect uh, that will happen uh, at some point in time of course with uh, representative demings being a colleague there's a lot of talk among us um, the, the 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 women in congress and people who know her uh, of course she uh, did a great job on the uh, impeachment panel and she uh, she's, she's a wonderful woman uh, they, uh, but as I said they're all uh, very qualified and uh, look forward to seeing how the process plays out y'all just voted to have online voting I want to ask about that but before doing that you did travel back to Washington DC last week hmm. what was it like being in an airport what was it like being in an airport what was it like being in airplanes do airplanes still exist tell us about the experience they did, and I've been back twice. Uh, I went back for the, the vote on the additional bill to put more funding into the Paycheck, Prote uh, the Paycheck Protection Program and make some changes there. Um, and then I, I flew back on just this last Thursday for the votes on Friday and then flew back on Saturday. It is eerie. Um, in the airport, it's, it's a, like a ghost town. Of course, wore a mask, used a bucket of hand sanitizer, wiped off all the seats and and hand you know, armrests and everything, and tried to be as careful as I could. Um, the planes were fairly empty compared to usual. There's really no nonstop anymore, so had to go, you know, first to another airport, change planes on the way there, on the way back. So it's challenging um, and. I think everyone understands how challenging that is, but also until we could pass the legislation, which doesn't really, it doesn't allow online voting, it allows proxy voting um, for the first time. So now that we have that, it'll be uh, a possibility for those who, who choose not to because of healthcare reasons or who cannot travel. 
uh, now that we have passed that legislation, we have an alternative. And and when I got back last time, I was very careful to just stay in for 14 days, and we'll likely do that as much as possible, being really careful about wearing my mask when I go out, um, because we need to do everything we can to contain the the virus. But yeah, it was a, a, a we're we're in a, a really challenging time, and uh, and and it's it's uh, important to be there to vote until we could change the rules, but uh, tough time. So proxy voting, meaning somebody else can cast your ballot for you. Who is eligible to be your proxy? Anybody you say, someone, some staff or another member? No, it'll be another member. Obviously, we haven't done this yet, but there are many members who can drive, uh, who have easy access. The East Coast members or even the Midwest members can drive there, don't have to fly on planes. So people who choose to be there, of course, the people in the immediate vicinity, each member could be a proxy for another uh, 10 members if necessary. And there's a process where we will have to, it's a temporary solution. Uh, it's not It's not indefinite, but to allow us to get through the pandemic um, and, and stay safe. So we would pick somebody to be our proxy and then we would in writing give that proxy the particular instructions and they would be obliged to follow the instructions on how to how to vote temporary when's the sunset of this thing as soon as coronavirus passes or is there a date there's a date i think it's i don't know the exact number of days um but there's a time i think it might be 45 days and then it can be renewed for another 45 days it's a temporary solution right now to let us do our jobs uh without risking you know spreading uh, coronavirus. So, and we will continue to have, you know, committee hearings and conduct our oversight. And we are definitely continuing to work. It was just that casting the vote uh, that that is the that was the challenge. In in addition to the Democratic caucus, are you a member of any other caucus? I mean, there's a Progressive caucus. There's a this caucus. You a part of there's any a lot other of caucuses? What are some of the caucuses you're in? Well, I am a member of the Progressive Caucus, um, very large group. I think there's more than 100 members now with the wonderful principal leadership of Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal and Congressman Mark Pocan. Uh, but there are a caucus is, is, uh, in, in Congress is a group of people who are identified with a particular issue. So, for example, I am the co-chair of the Oceans Caucus. Um, and I, that's a bipartisan caucus. My co-chair is Congressman Don Young from Alaska. And so we work on ocean issues together. I heard earlier the conversation about plastic. That's something that we've been working on. Ocean acidification, um, making sure that we're mapping and monitoring ocean health, things like that. So that's what we do in the Oceans Caucus. And everybody who's a member has identified an interest in addressing ocean issues. I am also the founder and the co-chair of the STEAM Caucus. Uh, which is uh, people who are interested in making sure we are educating creative and innovative people uh, by uh, integrating arts and design into science, technology, engineering, and math. And that's been a great caucus to to lead and to work on. Uh, And then I'm also a member of the Pro-Choice Caucus, for example. There's a lot of caucuses that that deal with particular issues, and it's a way to identify uh, people who care about, about issues. I think about some of the caucus dynamics, including those sort of smaller caucus dynamics. Have you already picked who's going to hold your proxy? Is it going to vary, or is there somebody who's going to be your standard bearer? Or are you going to be somebody who gets on, continues to get on a plane a bunch? 
I think, Jefferson, that's going to depend on, on where things are. In ter- like Just over the weekend here in Oregon, um, even though we, we are doing everything we can, we, we still have 30, more than 3,623 cases here, but there were no new deaths over the weekend. So depending on how things are going here at home, I live in Washington County. Of course, I represent Class of Columbia, Yam Hill, and part of Multnomah counties, seeing how things are going. Um, seeing, you know how how the the trend is in terms of of uh, uh, testing, contact tracing. What are we doing to stay safe on the ground? I may fly back, and if if I decide to pick a po- proxy, I will contact somebody. I I happen to be particularly fond of Congressman Jamie Raskin from Maryland. Very bright, brilliant constitutional scholar. I think he would make an awesome proxy. I will <laughs> work with. At, Put, get on his list and see if he will cast my vote for me should I not be able to travel back. Uh, it's just interesting to me, right? You have some of these local folks that might then be bringing with them nine votes in addition to theirs. Well, they can bring nine addition to right. theirs or ten addition to theirs? I believe it's ten, but that's a good question. I think it's ten. I think they can do a proxy for ten. Got it. We, this is new. We have Right. No, no, I know. So More of the reason It's pretty historic. Yeah, it is. I find it interesting. And what I hope, just speaking personally, is that it starts opening up our discussion about what are better ways we can govern ourselves generally, right? There's so many right. of the foundations of the of the Constitution are things we're really grateful for, and some others might be, you know, stuff that's worth messing with. Exactly. And we certainly realize and appreciate the importance of meeting together and being together, but we're in the middle of a global pandemic right now. And there are ways that we could meet together and be together virtually uh, that we need to do to protect public safety, not not just for the members of Congress, for the people there in the community. So we we are always looking for smarter, better ways to do things. We've had a commission on modernizing Congress even before the the pandemic. So we, we have to have these conversations. And uh, you know, for the people who said, "Well, this has never happened before," you know, before we had. Jets. I mean, people used to live in Washington D.C., and and so it was a different kind of situation where we did they didn't have to change the rules because people typically stayed there. Yeah. But now we live in our district in our district at home and travel to D.C. We work in D.C., but we live at home, and I think that's good so we can be in touch with our our communities. Let's talk about re-election. You are running again. You got to run every two years. What's at stake? Every two years. What's at stake in your re-election? And we're talking, by the way, to Congressman Suzanne Bonamici. Well, what what's at stake? I've always worked hard as a uh, not only as a member of Congress, but of course when I was in the the state legislature to do everything I could to create a better future for the people I've represented. And once I earned a, a position in the U.S. Congress, I worked hard to get on the Education Committee. I'm also, I'm also on the Committee on Science, Space, and Technology. And throughout my time, even in the minority, where I spent close to seven years, this is my first term in the majority, I have worked to build relationships and to get things done. So what is at stake? Um, I want to continue to to work on these education issues the pandemic has exposed so many inequities in our system in education in health care uh, i'm working on child care reform because if we want our economy to work well we need to make sure that 
there's good quality child care. If people are ready to go back to work and they don't have child care, or if the child care centers are open and families can't afford child care, that's not going to work. Um, affordable um, higher education, that is so key to our future and our economy. And I worked my way through first community college, then two years of college, and then three years of law school. Now, people who are doing that right now are struggling. I, it was hard. Uh, but it wasn't such a burden because higher education was more affordable then. Um, we need to address the climate crisis. That's what I am uh, so honored to be serving on the Select Committee on the Climate climate Crisis, where we are uh, getting ready. We were scheduled to launch our climate action plan in March. Uh, of course, we're waiting for the, the right time to do that. But all of these things to create a better future for the people I represent um, and I, I, I do want to mention some of the work I've been doing as the chair of the um, Subcommittee on Civil Rights and Human Services. We passed the Older Americans Act to help uh, seniors and people with disabilities. Um, got that over the finish line and signed into law. Um, we're working on, on things like child nutrition. We, we in, in the uh, committee, passed out the Equality Act. Uh, and passed that through the House and sent that over to the Senate, uh, the non-discrimination, similar to what we passed here in Oregon back in, in 2008. We need to get that done at the federal level as well. So all of these things that uh, to create a better future, uh, that's what I'm fighting for and would be honored uh, to be able to continue working on behalf of the people of Northwest Oregon. You were in the Capitol for the big stimulus vote on Friday. Three trillion yes. bucks. It was a relatively tight vote, 208, 199. Uh, what should we learn from this? What should we take away? Well, it, it's a very important investment in our workers, uh, our families, our healthcare professionals, and importantly, our state and local government. You know, we're we're both former state legislators, Jefferson, and we understand uh, the challenges when state and local revenues. Uh, drop precipitously as they have right now. And it's interesting because colleagues are saying, well, our state relies on sales tax and people aren't shopping, so we don't have revenue. And we can say, well, people aren't working, so we don't have income tax revenue because, of course, we're dependent on income tax. So this bill, importantly, will help our state and local governments. It has an ad additional direct payment to individuals. Uh, premium payments for essential workers, those people on the front lines, uh, more protections for student loan borrowers, programs that I am fighting for, like more investments in child care, low-income home energy assistance programs. So these are all important steps, but it's not enough. Um, I don't know if you heard the Fed Chairman Powell talking about the, the importance of investing now. Um, I support the $2,000 a month during the pandemic. Uh, wish we could get that over the finish line. Uh, we did include a direct payment to people with an ITIN number, um, people who are paying taxes but don't have Social Security numbers. That's important. Uh, but we also need to make these investments in things. In, 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 in the HEROES Act was protect the Postal Service, national vote by mail. We are seeing people you probably saw the people standing in line in wisconsin to vote during the pandemic yeah and we no talked to the folks to. who ran the ran the election there we did a whole series on it no one should have to risk their lives to exercise their right to vote and I mean, we we haven't figured out here in oregon 
so all of these things were in the, the HEROES Act. I was proud to vote for it, even though in, it wasn't perfect, but in big pieces of legislation in a divided Congress, to me there was more good uh, than bad, and we'll keep fighting for the things that were not included. You mentioned a few things I could imagine there being Republican Party disagreement. I don't just imagine it. I've heard it. One, you mentioned the post office and vote by mail. Two, I at least heard Lindsey Graham come out against another round of individual checks. Third, you said state and local governments, and we saw I think it was like $800 million combined for state and local governments. Uh, did I say billion? I should have said billion. The uh, And Mitch McConnell has argued against uh, payments for state and local governments. What do you think remains possible with the U.S. Senate? What are, you think, some of the puts and takes? What is it you think they want, the Republicans who lead the U.S. Senate? And does this end up being a bill that you just sort of run on to draw a distinction, or are there pieces you think get passed across the finish line? I certainly hope there are pieces that get passed across the finish line because we need to make these in, in investments to to help our workers, our families, our you know the individuals who are still struggling, um, and overall our economy. Um, and I you know I heard Senator McConnell say that you know that these local jurisdictions could just go bankrupt. That is not a solution. Um, so I would hope that there would be places where we can work together. Um, one of the pieces of, of legislation that did not get into the HEROES Act that I support is Congresswoman Jayapal's uh, Paycheck Guarantee Act, which is modeled after some of the European approaches, where instead of creating the, the programs through the SBA and then also uh, overloading state unemployment um, programs, uh, we simply provide the paychecks during the pandemic. It's more efficient. It's more effective. Uh, and we see that that is working. And some Republicans are talking about that as well. So that is something that we could work on together. Um, you know, our employment systems were not designed for pandemics. And we've seen record numbers of people filing for unemployment. The the technology used in our employment offices is here in Oregon, for example, is is antiquated. I think they're trying to bring people out of retirement who still know COBOL to try to help transition the system. Um, we need a, a a better way to do that. And and then a couple of things I want to mention, Jefferson. You mentioned the post office. The post the post office is the only agency that has to pre fund into the future. Uh, retirement obligations. And so th there's been an effort by the Trump administration to privatize the post service. I think that's a terrible idea. Uh, the post office is really important to our, our communities and in, in urban and in rural communities. People are buying things by mail or getting medications or connecting. Um, and with our, our uh, nationally recognized vote by mail program, we need to have that, that post service, post office. So I hope we can keep our post office. We're fighting for that. I know Congressman DeFazio as well has been a leader on that. Um, keep that uh, post office going and, and uh, really move toward a national vote by mail, which we know here in Oregon that works. So, so there are a lot of these things that we should have bipartisan support on, and we'll continue to, to take that fight to the Senate and work on these issues. The post office is in the Constitution. Yeah, it's pretty important. It's in the Constitution. The post office is in the Constitution. The Internet should be part of the post office. Okay. The 
remind folks, I want to remind folks of the election. You presumably want people to vote no matter who they vote for. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want people to vote no matter who they vote for. Voting is uh, people's right, and it is uh, and it, it's so important to make your voice be heard. We make it easy here in Oregon. Of course, it is too late uh, to mail your ballot, um, and you can drop it off. There are links. Uh, I just put one up on my campaign. Uh, I think we, we put it on the perhaps on the campaign Facebook, but you can find a link at the Secretary of State's website to find out where your drop boxes are. We make it very easy here to vote. Your your ballot needs to be received by 8 o'clock tomorrow, the 19th of May. Um, and, you know, Jefferson, I have never taken any election for granted. I would be honored to have uh, the support of the people here in Northwest Oregon. During the, the pandemic, it's really changed how we reach out to people. I, I like being out into the community and talking with people and um, holding in-person town halls like I usually do or knocking on doors, which I still really enjoy. We can't do that now. So we're, we're, we're doing our best to, to reach out as, as, as well as we can. But, you know, what, what I've been really focusing on is, is helping people in need. For example, I helped raise money for the food bank, for the Domestic Violence Resource Center, and things that are really going to help people in the community right now. It's so important. If you got another couple of minutes, there are a couple of things that we that came sure. across the wire that I wanted to ask you about. One, any House races you're really watching closely. It seems like Democrats might be in a pretty good position to keep uh, Speaker Pelosi, to keep uh, control of the U.S. House. What are some of the races you're watching? Well, thank you. Of course, I'm watching all of the the new freshman women who came in. Well, and there's some men, too, but primarily this is an awesome class with a lot of women. Um, and I helped several of them um, in their 2018 races. So we're watching all of those considered frontline members who are serving now in districts, uh, red districts or districts that Donald Trump won. So there's a lot of them. Uh, wonderful colleagues like Abigail Spanberger in Virginia, of course, Katie Porter's in California. She's a rock star, of course, consumer protection expert. Um, but then the, the seats that I'm, I'm looking at and hopeful for this next time around, um, Dr. Harrell Tipperani in Arizona. She's an emergency room physician, a public health care director, someone who's talent and skills we desperately need. She's running in Arizona. And then Gina Ortez-Jones um, in Texas, down on the border, Will Hurd is not running for re-election, Republican, uh, is not running for re-election. So Gina Ortez-Jones is really poised to, to win that seat down there. So there are a lot of uh, people who are uh, either leaving or you know, retiring or um, are in those those close districts. So we have a chance to not only hold on to the gains that we made in 2018, but hopefully pick up a few seats as well. Anything we should learn from the ouster of Katie Hill and Republicans winning that seat just a couple weeks ago or maybe a week ago? You know, that's a tough question, uh, Jefferson. I, of course, we're we're watching that. Christy Smith is the she's going to be the candidate in November as well. Uh, she serves in the assembly there in California. I think we just need to look to look at turnout and make sure everyone turns out to vote. Um, of course, Katie won in 2018 in a you know in a, a a general election, and this was a special election. So 
uh, we'll be watching that seat as well in the uh, you know the California races down there. Um, Harley Ruda, one of the last people who who had his race called, a great guy from Southern California. Ben McAdams from Salt Lake City. Um, I think it was even after Election Day that we found out Ben had won that uh, uh, that seat in, in Utah. Uh, so we have a Utah Democrat in, in the caucus now. So we're, we're watching all of these races. You know, being in the majority matters. Uh, to, to be able to chair a subcommittee for the first time, to be able to help set the agenda. Um, but, but to have quality people like Dr. Tipperani, I, mean, I had the opportunity to meet her. And especially now, when we're, we're in a global pandemic, uh, to have someone with a public health background who's an emergency room physician uh, would be you know, skills that would be wonderful. We, we do have a uh, Congresswoman Kim Schreier from Washington. She's a pediatrician who just won in 2018, and she serves on the subcommittee I chair, and she's a wonderful colleague. And, and of course, her knowledge has been uh, absolutely um, essential during the, the pandemic. And before we end, Jefferson, we're, when we're talking about public health, I just want to take a moment to um, recognize the, the work of our, our, our great colleague, Mitch Greenlick. And Mitch has people likely know passed away over the weekend the flags will be at half staff today and mitch and i go way back to his his very first um run for the for the oregon legislature and then i had the honor to serve with him on the house health care committee and um, he will be greatly missed uh, not just in in the legislature and not just in the community but in oregon and across the country and around the world he was such such a, a, a legend and an expert in all things healthcare. Representative Suzanne Bonamici, thank you so much for being with us. You are serving, by the way, on the House Committee on Science, Space, and Technology. We'd love to have you on after the election to talk about the Space Force and your thoughts therein. But for now, let me just say thank you so I much. I look for forward to that, Jefferson. Appreciate you. Thank you.